I've never felt so helpless as the year I sent my young adult daughter two states away to college. I'm Lori Hatcher, the author of Refresh Your Prayers, Uncommon Devotions to Restore Power and Praise, and today it's my honor and privilege to talk with you about praying for our adult children. Quite a few years ago, my daughter was preparing to move away from home and go to college three states away. She was 18 years old, and I had always been a very integral part of her life and her education. We homeschooled our children, so I knew every day the input that was going into my children's lives, the friends they were spending time with, the families we associated with. But as I pondered her graduation and then her subsequent move from our home away to college, I was seized with an overwhelming fear and a sense of powerlessness. How was I going to keep my daughter safe? How was I going to make sure she was making good choices, choosing good friends, spending her time well, investing her energy into God-honoring and healthy pursuits? How could I do this if I was three states away and she was not under our roof? every night. I struggled with this anxiety and fear, and it just grew and grew and grew. And one day, I had a phone conversation with a dear friend and discovered she was also going through some of the same anxiety. Her daughter was preparing to leave for school as well, and she felt an overwhelming sense of powerlessness to continue to impact her daughter for good, for God, for the kingdom. We commiserated with each other, we identified, and then we parted ways. But later that week, she called me. She said, Lori, I discovered a book that I think will help us as we launch our children into adulthood. And she shared the name of the book. It's called The Power of Praying for Your Adult Children by Stormy Omardian. Each chapter focuses on a different topic that you would like to pray into your adult child's life. Topics like for them to grow in wisdom, discernment, and revelation, that they might understand God's purpose in their lives, that they might work successfully and have financial stability, that they might avoid all sexual pollution and temptation. Each chapter contained Bible verses to pray these truths into their life. It included personal stories or stories from other people the author knew who had dealt with different situations that they talk about in the chapters. And each chapter ended with a prayer. I come from a very liturgical church background, and I grew up praying scripted prayers, and I struggle with that. When I came to Christ, I learned that we don't have to pray memorized, scripted prayers. We can just talk with God with our heart, from our heart. And so I chafed a little bit at the thought of praying a a prayer that had already been written out for me. But as I read these prayers, I discovered what a delight they were, how they were so scripture-based that they prayed everything I would want to pray into my daughter's life. So we decided 
in addition to reading the book, The Power of Praying for Your Adult Children, and praying the prayers at the end of each chapter, we decided that if we were feeling this angst about launching our adult children out into the world, then there were probably other moms who felt the same way. So we put out a call to the other moms we knew of who were either graduating children or had already graduated children, and we invited them to pray together. That became the beginning of our group, Praying for Your Adult Children. We call ourselves the Praying Parents, and now we've become the Praying Grandparents, but we have been praying together for our adult children for more than 12 years. We have seen prodigals come back to the Lord. We have prayed our children through finals and entrance exams and college and dating woes and engagements and marriages. Sadly, we've prayed them through alcoholism and marital strife and health issues as well. But God has been so faithful to use the prayers of our group to accomplish great and mighty things in our children's lives. I would not trade the years that we have spent praying for our adult children together. And that's what I want to share with you today, the power of praying for our adult children. Let me begin just by talking about why pray together. We know that we can pray to God at any time. So what's the what's the magic of praying together? And I'd like to share a chapter from my book, Refresh Your Prayers, Uncommon Devotions to Restore Power and Praise. And it is the chapter is called The Beauty and Power of a Prayer Chorus. It's based in Romans 1530. I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying. During my years of church membership, I've sung soprano in two choirs. I'm not soloist material, but I've sung when no one more gifted was available. I prefer to join my voice to the voices of others rather than sing by myself. And the same is true of my prayer life. When Christ returned to heaven after his resurrection, he gave the church, the body of believers, the biblical mandate to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, Matthew twenty-eight nineteen through 20. We can't fulfill this world-changing mission without prayer, and not just individual prayer, but corporate prayer, bringing our requests to God in concert with other believers. Group prayer is found throughout the Bible. Esther, Ezra, and Nehemiah called God's people to pray as a community. After Christ ascended, the early church prayed together. They asked God for wisdom, protection, power, and deliverance. Today, 2,000 years after Christ's resurrection and 2,000 years closer to his return, we have even more reason to pray. Earnestly and corporately, we ask for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. I pray with a small group of friends. God calls us to pray also as the body of Christ, the church. Praying with the church, local or universal, enables us to experience five things we'd miss if we only prayed alone. First, corporate prayer promotes unity among believers. When we pray together, 
For the ministries of the church, the needs of others, and the church's global mission, our hearts bond. We connect because common goals, concerns, and passions unite us. Like teammates dedicated to vanquishing our opponent and winning the victory, we rally around God's cause and become inspired to work together to accomplish it. Second, corporate prayer fosters love and compassion. Theologian William Law observed that there's nothing that makes us love a man so much as praying for him. As we lift each other's needs to God, compassion blossoms into the twin flowers of sympathy and empathy. We catch glimpses of each other's hearts. As we hear fellow Christians bear their souls to God, we can't help but fall in love with Jesus and the Jesus we see in them. Third, corporate prayer leads us to a more fruitful ministry. The Apostle Paul often reminded the church to pray for his gospel work. He could have prayed for his own needs, I'm sure he did, but he knew he'd experience greater fruitfulness if the church upheld him in prayer. Fourth, praying together multiplies God's glory. Paul asked the Corinthian church to pray for God to protect and deliver him as he ministered. On him, we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. 2 Corinthians 1, 10 through 11. Paul knew if the church labored together in prayer, they'd also rejoice and tell others when God answered their prayers. This is how we glorify God, by telling others what he has done. The more people who pray, the more people who can glorify God when the answer comes. Finally, corporate prayer helps us grow spiritually. When I hear others pray and see how God responds, my faith grows. I remember that the same God who answered their prayers can answer mine. I can see how God not only hears but moves in response to his children's requests. When someone references a passage of the Bible or prays the words of one of the heroes of the faith, I learn how to pray biblically. When I listen to another believer praising God's strength, his kindness, his love and compassion, my view of God enlarges and I fall further in love with him. A dynamic prayer life begins by spending private time with God every day, but it shouldn't end there. Like members of a choir, we should join our voices with others until our prayers become a beautiful, powerful chorus that brings joy to God's ears. That is the chapter, The Beauty and Power of a Corporate Chorus. So let me tell you a little bit about the format of our Praying Parents group. We decided to gather for two hours on a Saturday morning once a month. We knew what we wanted. We wanted to spend the majority of our time praying for our adult children. We recognize that oftentimes when the church gathers to pray together, you spend more time talking about the prayer request than actually praying, and we didn't want that to happen. So we we also knew it wasn't a social event. It wasn't a time to get together and enjoy each other's company Although we did that, it wasn't a party, it was a war room. And like a war room, we had the understanding that no information was ever to leave the war room. Because we were dealing with adult children and sensitive information, we agreed that the utmost confidentiality must be maintained. What we chose to do so that we could pray effectively, on point, and not waste a minute was we asked each member of the praying parents group to write down or transcribe in some way prayer requests for their children, their adult children. We asked them to be specific. 
and to put each adult child's prayer request on a separate sheet of paper. Then we all brought our prayer requests to the praying parents meeting and we divided them up. We had a big group at first, and so we oftentimes wound up with three prayer requests per person. So we were ready. We were ready to pray. We opened always with praises. We wanted people to have the opportunity to share how they had seen God at work in their adult children in the previous month. This was important because it gave us hope. Even if we didn't have a praise report to share, hearing other people's praises reminded us that the same God that answered their prayer and was moving in their family would also move in our family and also hear our prayer. So we always open with prayers of praise. And those were not necessarily big things. Sometimes we had earth-shattering breakthroughs that we were delighted to share, but other times it was something simple like, my son came over for dinner this week and nobody argued. Or I sent a, a text to my daughter and she responded back. Didn't have to be big things. It could just be small glimmers of the way we saw God work that month. And then we would share a scripture or a challenge. We committed to reading together one chapter each month from The Power of Praying for Your Adult Children. So we would begin praying together the prayer at the end of each chapter. We would have a time of confession and cleansing because we know that Psalm 66, 18 tells us if we regard iniquity in our heart, God wouldn't hear us. So we cleared our hearts and minds of any sin and then we took turns praying aloud. Each person prayed for one or two of the adult children's requests that they had on those slips of paper and we went around the room. And as one person prayed aloud, the rest prayed in agreement silently. We'd go all the way around the circle until each person had prayed for one or two adult children. We'd take a little stretch break, get a glass of water, and we'd go back to praying for the rest of the requests. Now, it's important to know that, as we mentioned, to respect our children's confidentiality, even though we wrote down those prayer requests very specifically, at the end of the prayer meeting, we shredded them. There was no written record of anything we had prayed that month because we didn't ever want to compromise our children's privacy. And we had agreed that we would never share anything with anyone else that was shared during our prayer time. That has maintained the confidentiality and built trust within our group. It's also revealed the amazing way the Holy Spirit works. Because even though we had no list of how to pray for our adult children, the Holy Spirit planted those needs and those requests into our hearts. And he would bring them to mind in the most unusual times. I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I'd think about praying for Sally's son, Joe. Or I'd remember that Pam's daughter, Marjorie, was going to have surgery next week and I'd pray for that. And so the prayer support wasn't limited to just those two hours on that Saturday morning. We prayed for each other's requests all through the month. Even though the prayer requests were shredded, the Holy Spirit had sealed them in our hearts. Since that beginning time, three other praying parent groups have sprung up from our original group as members have moved away. They each have a different format. So if you're considering starting your own praying parents group, I just encourage you to identify what is most important and then set your format to reflect this. 
Of course, we don't have to pray with a group. I also pray with a prayer partner. When my daughter and son-in-law married, they were young, they were just getting started. And we knew that it would be a very challenging period of adjustment as they transitioned from being college students, independent, and transition into a married couple. They also weren't walking with the Lord at the time. And one day, a couple of months after they married, my son-in-law's mom called me on the phone and she said, Lori, I wonder if you would like to pray and fast one day a month for our kids And oh my goodness, that was a wonderful invitation. And we began once a month calling each other on the phone, setting that day aside for fasting and praying for our adult children, both on our own. And then we would conclude the day by praying for them. We know years later, almost five years later, when our kids came to faith in God and surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ, We knew God had used our prayers, those many, many days of fasting and prayer from the beginning of their whole lives, really, but especially since we were praying together to bring those glorious salvations to pass. We continue to pray once a month for our adult children and now for our grandchildren. In our minds, it's hedging them in on either side with prayers for their health, for their well-being, for their spiritual vitality, for their wisdom as they raise their children in the Lord. So, so many opportunities to pray for them, and God uses our prayers. But I'd like to close with these thoughts. God doesn't need our prayers. He's perfectly capable of working in our children's lives without our help, but he wants us to share in the discipline and the joy of praying for them so we can experience the exquisite joy of seeing those prayers answered. Galatians 6, 9 reminds us, don't be weary in doing good. You will reap a harvest if you don't give up. And this has been true. I just want to remind you, every time you sense the urge to pray, This urging doesn't come from your heart. It comes from God's heart. Remember that God is always at work in the world. I believe he prompts us to pray because he is at work. I wrote about this prompting in my book, Refresh Your Prayers, in the title called Responding to God's Promise. I'd like to share that thought with you as we prepare to close. Responding to God's prompting, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. John 6, 44. Prayer is a lonely business. When the answers are long in coming, I sometimes wonder if my prayers bother God. Does he look through the people of heaven and sigh as I do when I see the door-to-door salesperson headed down my sidewalk? Oh no, here she comes again. Jesus told us exactly how God feels in John 6, 44, when he said, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. Although the passage primarily describes how God draws people to salvation, the principle also applies to our prayers. We pray because God draws us. Have you ever wondered why you wake in the middle of the night thinking about that wayward child? God is drawing you to pray. 
while you feel a tug in your heart to intercede for that grandchild, to ask God to meet someone's need, or to repeat a request you've prayed about for years. God is calling you to pray. Why that random memory of someone you haven't seen in decades comes to mind? God is prompting you to intercede for them. For years, I assumed the desire to pray originated in me. I'd see a need and pray about it, usually after I'd unsuccessfully tried to solve the problem on my own. But John 6.44 turned my perspective on prayer upside down. It showed me people don't naturally seek God for salvation or for help. We try to handle it ourselves. We harness our energy, skill, and stamina and attempt to make it happen. We manipulate, persuade, cajole, and guilt. We bargain, we cry, we stomp. And then when we've exhausted ourselves and collapsed in futility, God draws us to himself in prayer. Little by little, we learn to recognize the prompts of the Holy Spirit and respond to these nudges by praying. When you became aware of a need and felt moved to pray, God drew you. He brought the person across your path, helped you recognize their need, and gave you the faith to pray. He did this because he's already working in that situation. It's not a coincidence you pray for your prodigal child five times a day. It's evidence God is working in your loved one's life. It's not random that you've moved to pray for a sick grandchild or someone you know who's struggling with an addiction. God is working in those situations too. And that prayer request you've brought to God a thousand times, it's proof that God is orchestrating a thousand circumstances to accomplish his good and perfect will. He doesn't need our prayers to accomplish his work, but he uses them as a conduit for his power. In love and fellowship, he invites us to be a part of what he's already doing. Jesus reminded his disciples, my father is always at work to this very day. I take great comfort in knowing that every time God brings a need to my attention and stirs my heart to pray, it's because he's already at work. I'd be a terrible prayer if it wasn't for God's inspiring, prompting, and directing. The more I learn to recognize his nudges and respond, the more God allows me to be part of his work in the world. If you feel a prompting to pray for your adult children, that's because God is at work in their lives. Come alongside him in prayer. Perhaps you'll feel led to begin a praying parents group. I encourage you to do that. Get the resource, The Power of Praying for Your Adult Children by Stormy O'Mardian. I'd be honored if you got my book, Refresh Your Prayers, Uncommon Devotions to Restore Power and Praise. But more important than that, reach out to someone else, someone else who's also praying for their adult children, and say, would you like to pray with me? You never know what God will do through your prayers. I'm Lori Hatcher. And I'm honored to pray with you. Father, our heart's desire is that our adult children will love and serve you all the days of their lives. I pray, Father, that you would draw each one to yourself. And God, use our prayers to be part of that drawing. Help us not grow weary in doing good because you promise us we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Father, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.